Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format podcast where dope people talk about dope topics. On today's episode, The Weekly Geek, a column on all the news in entertainment and in CrossFit. Lots to cover today. Let's start with film. Number one, Avengers Endgame box office watch. We are currently up to... 824.4 million domestic, and that is now 2.7 billion worldwide. Now we're shy, what is it, 75 million of Avatar, the current number one spot there. So, if you don't already know, top box office, top five highest grossing films of all time, number one sits Avatar at 2.78 billion. Number two is Avengers Endgame at 2.73 billion. Number three is Titanic at 2.18 billion. Four is Star Wars The Force Awakens at 2.06 billion. And Avengers Infinity War at 2.04 billion dollars. Four of those films belong to Disney now after the acquisition of 20th, 20th Century Fox. That is Avatar, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Titanic was produced by Paramount Pictures and 20th Century Fox. Paramount distributed in the USA and Fox did internationally. So I don't know where that kind of uh, fits along and stuff, but dang. I don't know how many times you've seen it. I've seen it two point five times the point five was uh, a friend got me a ticket in the middle of the day and i still had work but you know such a long film i was like uh whatever i paid for it let's go ahead and just watch whatever i can before i have to go back to work so i got like i got the uh spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert jump ahead 15 seconds if you want to hear i got and i watched the time heist essentially i got there watched the time heist it was all good all right, spoiler alert done. Um, I had a pretty chill weekend, which meant a lot of Netflix binging or Netflix watching for me. Uh, I didn't even realize, I didn't hear that, or I didn't have this on my radar or anything, but The Lonely Island, the comedy trio uh, comprising of Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, and Yorma Tacone, uh, put out an awesome visual album on Netflix, uh, called The Lonely Island Presents the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Visual Album. Um, the Bash Brothers were Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco playing for the Oakland Athletics uh, early on, over like two decades ago, or three decades ago now. Um, but it's awesome. If you're a fan of the Lonely Island, it's awesome. If you're if you're not quite sure if you know them or not, they're the ones who brought the digital short to Saturday Night Live. Uh, I've been following these guys now. I don't even know how long, but um, it was pretty early on in their YouTube career. They're, that's where they're posting a lot of their uh, skits and whatnot. And I I s distinctly remember there they had a you know, they're three white dudes from Cali, but uh, they put out some great music. 
great production, you know, it be, being the trio, Andy Samberg is, the, is like the face of it. He's the actor of them. They all act, but he's the one who like popped off. Uh, and Yorma and Akiva both do uh, directorial work as well as, you know, side characters, as well as music production. And then, you know, th they'll kind of trade off, like, who's singing what. I, you know, I, I couldn't actually tell you anything about their actual albums that are out, but this particular album, because you're watching it as you're listening to it, is pretty dope. Um, it's an obvious nod to Beyonce's Lemonade visual album, and it's, a, it's fantastic. Um, Oh, yeah, I was bringing up the old skit that I really liked was called uh, The Bing Bong Bros. This was at the height of the Yin Yang Twins. And, uh, you know, Yin Yang had a song called Wait, and they had a song parody called Wait, You Guys. It was legit. Go find it. I'm sure it's somewhere on the Internet. Um, fantastic production as usual. Uh, and this one in particular had fantastic cameos by... People like Hannah Simone from New Girl, uh, Jenny Slate, Sterling K. Brown as Sia, uh, Jim O'Hare as Pukashel Bob, Maya Rudolph, Stephanie Beatrice, uh, Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the band Hame, uh, the sister trio. Uh, go check it out. It's 34 minutes or something like that, and it's, it's amazing. It's a nice little thing that you can, you know, if you're meal prepping or if you're, like, doing laundry, folding laundry, or some other little errand, it's something that you can put on in the background. Um, John Cena has officially been cast in the next Fast and Furious movie, again, directed by Justin Lin. He was the one who took over the franchise in the third movie, um, Tokyo Drift. And while that wasn't received well by many other fans, a lot of people actually, like, Really enjoy that film. I th I think it, you know I held it off for a long time because like ew bow wow, but it's pretty good. Also, one of my friends is in that movie. Uh, Nikki Griffin plays the cheerleader in the beginning of the uh, film. Who they're racing? She's the catalyst for that movie. Uh, anyways, uh, Justin did directed that one, and then he kind of changed up the tone again for Fast and Furious, which is the fourth movie. And then it all came to a head in the fifth movie, uh, Fast Five. And, you know, a lot of people credit that for really moving the franchise way forward. Then I think he also did six. He skipped seven and eight. Uh, and now he's back for nine. So great director. I, I hope him the best. I hope he kind of takes it back to where it needs to go, more like Fast Five and less like Fast 8 and 7. I didn't really enjoy those films. Because, um, you know, he, he likes to actually tell a story there, too. And he uses the action to tell those stories. Right? And I don't think anything's going to beat the safe chase because that shit was real. Um, now I don't know how to pronounce his name. Y Yame? Jamie? Jame? Yame Colette Sarah uh, is set to direct Black Adam featuring The Rock. Uh, Black Adam is a comic book villain slash anti-hero uh, to Shazam. So that movie came out earlier this year with uh, Zachary Levi, and directed by David Sandberg. No relation to Andy Sandberg. Um, he's a horror director who then got this job for Shazam. 
I think maybe me and my buddy will review that film because it's actually pretty good. Um, but because of the success of that film, now it didn't do anything crazy at the box office, but it wasn't it wasn't really expensive uh, to make, so it was actually uh, pretty successful as far as making their money back. Um, they're going to move forward with this Black Adam film that uh, Dwayne Johnson has actually been attached to for a very long time. Uh, currently, the duo is recording, or uh, uh, what's it called, Jungle Cruise for Disney. So, just like Pirates of the Caribbean was turned from a ride into a movie franchise, they're doing the same for Jungle Cruise, and it's going to be featuring The Rock. Uh, Colette Sarah's filmography includes uh, a lot of collaboration with Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's. Uh, including the movies Nonstop, Run All Night, Unknown, and The Commuter. But he's also done some like thriller horror films like The Shallows, uh, Orphan, and all the way back to House of Wax, if you remember that with uh, was it Eliza Cuthbert and Chad Michael Murray, Murray and stuff like that. Um, he also did Enrique Iglesias' uh, Esperanza music video. So if you really want to go back, that's uh, that was kind of the start of all that stuff. Trailer Watch. Ad Astra featuring Brad Pitt, Liv Tyler, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, Ruth Nega, and John Ortiz. An astronaut travels to the outer edges of the solar system to find his father and unravel a mystery that threatens the survival of our planet. He uncovers secrets which challenge the nature of human existence and our place in the cosmos. Go check it out. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. And, you know, when's the last time you saw Brad Pitt doing some stuff? Uh, and then the other notable one would be Ford versus Ferrari, featuring Matt Damon as Carol Shelby, Christian Bale as Ken Miles, John and John Bernthal. Uh, American car designer Carol, Carol Shelby and driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons uh, to, to build a revolutionary race car for Ford Motors to challenge Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1966. Television. Like I mentioned earlier, this weekend was a lot of sitting down and just watching some stuff on Netflix. So I got uh, to get into some of the things that I've been missing, that I've been hearing about. Uh, let's say one of them, I only saw the first episode, but Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Um, my friend Tita was telling me about it because she just had bought the, the book as well. And I watched the first episode, which was about fat in Italy, and it was fantastic. Uh, definitely want to continue that series, even though, you know, it's only, I think, four episodes for each of the, the segments there. But I was getting a little too hungry, so I stopped watching it. That actually led into The Chef Show. Writer, director, and food enthusiast John Favreau and chef uh, Roy Cho or Choi of Kogi, with a food truck down in L.A., explore food in and out in the kitchen with accomplished chefs and celebrity friends based on the friendship built in creating Favreau's film, Chef. Um, what is it? I also checked out so – so I checked out another one of those episodes and then was like, oh, yeah, I'm hungry. I can't, I can't watch this because – after the first episode, I was like, fuck, man, I need a Cubano now. Um, 
I also checked out an episode of Robots Love and Death, which is like a series of uh, a collection of uh, animated shorts. And I saw the one about uh, the three robots checking a post-apocalyptic world and there are cats and stuff like that. Um, and I guess finally, I the, the night ended with finding Russian Doll. If you don't know what it is, Russian Doll is... Nadia keeps dying and reliving her 36th birthday party. She's trapped in a surreal time loop and staring down the barrel of her own mortality. Starring Natasha Leone, Charlie Bennett, created by Leslie Headland, Natasha Leone, and Amy Poehler. Uh, it's a th- about a 30-minute uh, episode, and there are only eight episodes, so it's a four-hour-ish watch. Um, it's perfect weekend binge. I hit it. I loved it. Uh, and it's another great entry in the time loop stories like Groundhog Day, Source Code, All You Need Is Kill, Slash Live, Die, Repeat, Slash Edge of Tomorrow, whatever they called it, the feature film starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Uh, they play like video games, and the sentiment shared within this story as well. So, it, it, you know, a lot of people will talk about like Bandersnatch. I think this is a. It's it's related. It's in the same area, but it's definitely not the same thing. And this story is great, and it's very compelling. Uh, something you should definitely check out. Um, Disney had a shareholders meeting this past weekend, and uh, Kevin Feige shared a photo and a logo for the upcoming Loki series on Disney Plus. Um, you should check it out. There's a shot uh, with Loki there, and it looks like it took takes place in the 70s or something or at least the picture takes place in the 70s because there's like a a movie theater marquee in the background and stuff plus how they they aged the photo makes it look like the 70s as well and then uh this was just breaking a little earlier but beloved character at character actor michael rooker has just been cast in amazon's the dark tower series beloved book series Uh, i never got into it but they also did put out a film uh, featuring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. But apparently, you know, that wasn't it wasn't received well by fans because it they were saying that it shouldn't have been a movie. It's too deep and too long of a story, and it would be better served as a miniseries or a TV show. So Amazon now has that contract, and they they've been producing it and whatnot. Um, we don't know who he's playing, but that's there. Video games. Uh, this past weekend, and I think right now still, uh, it's E3 in uh, L.A. right now. E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, and this is where a lot of video game studios will come out and and share their news and whatnot. Um, Xbox made an announcement about their next uh, console and all that stuff. Um, But obviously that also means we get a a nice look at a ton of games coming out in this next year or so. Uh, Gameplay footage from Jedi Fallen Order has been released. We follow a new hero, which is yet another white dude, named uh, Cal Kestris? Kestis? Uh, he was a Padawan learner who escaped Order 66 when all the Jedi were being executed and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, another rogue Jedi during the years of the Rebellion. 
and the Galactic Empire. Um, and he was also followed around by his droid, BD-1, a little buddy. Looks like a little chicken slash parrot that, like, hangs out on your shoulder and helps you out with, like, your life. And, like, he gives you health ups. And uh, he sh- he's the thing that shows you your map when you're looking in there. So it's pretty cool, like, mixture of a HUD as well as a, a Jedi buddy in that world. Um, but it definitely feels like a reskin of The Force Unleashed, maybe with a new move set, right? Because uh, he's doing some of the, like, Kylo Ren. You try to shoot him with a blaster, he can freeze the the blast the blaster laser midair and then, like, force pull you and, like, put you in front of your own shot. Uh, it's It was also seen during that gameplay uh, trailer that he, he could use that to, like, stop huge like gears so that he could like crawl through things and whatnot um we'll see what happens uh, we definitely want to see a little bit more there was a cameo from saw Gerrera in there again i'm assuming role reprised by forrest whitaker uh but he looks a little younger a little more uh pep in his step and a little less android ish uh blair witch the movie franchise now has a video game out there and it's what you thought it was going to be uh found footage looking kind of stuff first person game creepy looking uh if you haven't heard it's the year of keanu one of the last bastions of like cool stuff i i hope he doesn't get overused that much but it's o- it's obvious he's been putting his work in and and getting a ton of work this past year uh from john wick chapter 3 to always be my maybe to Toy Story 4 as Duke Kaboom. Now he is in a video game called Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and you can find that trailer somewhere. Lego Star Wars, the si- Skywalker saga will be coming out. And apparently we're going to be playing parts of all nine films. Um, so I'm assuming it's either going to come out right before or right after episode nine. The What is it? The Rise of Skywalker. Um Borderlands 3 is coming out in September, and it, it shows a cast of four new uh, characters. I was a fan of the first and the second one, um, so I'll probably end up playing this one as well. Uh, Elden Rings is coming out. This is a, s- a story by G.R.R. Martin of Game of Thrones slash A Song of Ice and Fire fame. Uh, a little funky looking. Uh, in my opinion, but, you know, if that's something that you like, some sword and sandal fantasy, high fantasy game, uh, check that out. Maybe maybe it's going to be a great story, but it looked super generic to me. Um, Gears of War 5 was also shown a little bit, featuring a new escape mode, and the trailer kind of gives you a story to what escape mode might look like. Um, Battletoads is back for all those 90 kids, 90s kids. You remember that? This is a cell shade animation style 2D scrolling beat 'em up action game uh, with the three Battletoad brothers. Um, what, what did I think it was going to have? It kind of looked like some Invader Zim kind of color palette in there. Uh, check it out. That might be something fun for you. And then finally, this is probably a big one for a lot of people. Final Fantasy VII, the remake, was announced, and the trailer was released, and you can feel all the nostalgia wash all over you when you watch it. 
it looks like they kind of changed the, I, I guess, you know, updating the games, the Final Fantasy games over the year and moving away from pure turn-based battling into some button mashing. I couldn't tell you because I haven't played a Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy ten or eleven because now it's bleeding in my head. I don't know which one is which. But there you go. I'm sure there are going to be some more uh, conversations there. I don't know if I talked about Death Stranding in the last Weekly Geek, but there was a gameplay trailer shared last time there, too, that was fantastic. And that's probably the thing that I'm most interested in, video game-wise. But we still got some time until that shows up, too. Music. Uh, number one, the Spotify playlist, Turbo Geeks, has been updated. I'll have a link to the playlist in our show notes. Uh, but I only have really like two or three things here. Other than some of the fantastic songs that were added, I saw that I'm a fan of Drake, and Drake is featured on some new music by Chris Brown. But why the fuck is anyone still listening, collaborating with this proven domestic abuser and especially that because I thought those two like uh, had a beef a long time ago or some altercation a long time ago anyways fuck that human piece of shit Chris Brown and here's to an accident or disease and I could care less what kind of karma that brings me fuck that guy uh, otherwise something on a happier note Jai Paul who's been on my watch list for a very long time um Maybe around 2012 or something. He had his underground hit, um, BTSTU. And if you heard it, uh, you might recognize it. I just mentioned Drake a second ago. He had a, uh, a song out there, too. I think it was part of the, the blah, blah, blah AM in Fill in the City here uh, series that he was doing. Um but Jai Paul is fantastic. I've been listening. Essentially, he only has really two pieces of music that were ever released, BTSTU as well as Jasmine, and they're both fantastic. Uh, he released some brand new music. One song, the single, I guess, is called Do You Love Her Now, and it's B-sided with a song called He. Um, and then I, I, j I realized that his leak-slash-canceled-slash-debut album uh, was also released to streaming on Spotify and whatnot, and it's called Leak 0413, Bait Ones, and it features songs like Straight Out of Mumbai, uh, the two gems that I mentioned before, BTSTU and Jasmine, and his fantastic cover of Jennifer Page's Crush. You need to hear it. He obviously has this particular style, but he's also got a really cool story if you can uh, find it anywhere uh, as far as like how he got into music and all that other stuff. And like what he was doing, it sucks to have been like, just as uh, that the first single really started picking up steam and build up this album o for only for it to only get leaked, and then you know it was a little harder back then uh, to figure it out, and it was kind of like a leak meant that the project was like done, and to be a, a young young artist, I'm sure that kind of jaded him, so he kind of just disappeared for a long time, and a lot of people kept. You know, think pieces would come out and be like, where's Jai Paul, B British Indian guy, uh, just like really talented, but he's not doing anything. He's 
he's barely collaborating with people. I think uh, he had a song with Big Boy on one of his like uh, solo albums or something like that, and like that's all we kind of got from him. Uh, was a shame, but I'm glad that he's out there now. Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to to let that those two songs do love her now and two really like hit me in the head uh but i like him uh he is very much like a a sibling to jasmine i kind of think uh, anyways you can listen to all those songs on the spotify playlist turbo geeks <laughs> All right, and finally, we have CrossFit. We're almost done with all the sanctioned events for the CrossFit Games, meaning uh, I believe there's one left, the the CrossFit French Throwdown uh, towards the end of June, but otherwise we've hit all, what is it, 16 or something like that, um, which took over regionals if you're used to the old version of qualification and whatnot. Plus all the those national champions who set uh, or s- who placed first place in their respective countries that had an active affiliate, um, so we more or less have the the entire roster set for the games in August. I believe you know we're with this one throwdown left. We're gonna get one more male, one more female, and one more team out of it. Uh, because a lot of other people, or the at least the recognizable names who have been trying uh, all season, have just kind of like figured out where they're going to be. So it's been pretty cool because there are a number of people that you might recognize, uh, like Margot Alvarez and Ben Smith. Those staple names have now like moved on to teams. Ben Smith is an alternate, but maybe we talked about his uh, thing a while back, and that you know he's. He's getting over an injury and whatnot, so he hasn't been 100%, but it kind of sucks because he's been to, like, he has the the best active CrossFit Games uh, streak right now as far as individual events are concerned. So at least he can go to the Games as an alternate, um, hoping, you know, n- no, no one on his team, CrossFit Mayhem, would get hurt. But, you know, it is going to be a little weird to n- know that He's not going to be in there. But it is interesting in the fact that now CrossFit Mayhem has a, a team with two individual uh, games winners in Rich Froning and Ben Smith. Um, Morning Chalk Up has uh, already mapped out what the 2020, the 2019 to 2020 season would look like. Um, one of the more interesting tidbits from that is that we'll have 18 straight weekends of sanctioned events. Think from like the end of March, essentially like the end of the open until however many eighteen uh, weekends that is. Um, so, w- my particular opinion on that is like, great, cool. How did most of the sport of CrossFit fans think that getting rid of regionals was a bad idea? Um, yeah, that's this is a lot. Eighteen is a lot, but you get more opportunities to kind of see and learn uh, new names. And, you know, the money that would be involved to run 18 different things means that there's money involved in the sport of it. And CrossFit trying to decentralize everything 
granted, I don't believe with their method, but I, I like the idea. Um, you know, it is leading to some great stuff here, I think. Uh, look how much more fitness competition you're getting. Um, granted, not all events are, gonna are created equal, and the quality of coverage and competition will vary, but still, you're going to get more content. So I don't know how this is going to be a bad thing. It's dirty. That's what CrossFit's always been. You never kind of have every idea. If you were, if you were back there in the start in the like mid two thousands, early aughts, it, it, that would be the same thing for affiliates and whatnot. No one had a, a training plan. Not everyone was writing lesson plans and whatnot. You showed up with a bunch of friends in a garage and you threw some weights around and moved your body and you just did these workouts and stuff. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't polished. Um, and we're kind of back to that because of because of the the shakeup that happened. Um, speaking of shakeups, one more big thing here. CrossFit put out an article, and they also sent out an email to affiliates. This this article is titled "Competent Competency and Efficacy: The CrossFit Preferred Course." My competency is determined by my efficacy. Greg Glassman writes in the. January twenty, January two thousand and six, CrossFit Journal article, professional training. In order to be committed to unrivaled efficacy, efficacy, he says, I've often had to develop new tools and methods. This cannot be done without study and experimentation. Consequently, a lot of my work is done not in the gym, but in books and scientific literature, and in communication with other trainers and coaches. The professional CrossFit trainer, in other words, is a on a perpetual course of self-improvement. And this is as true for the professional trainer as it is for the CrossFit affiliate, the athlete, and the enthusiast. With this principle in mind, over the years, CrossFit has endorsed and provisioned subject matter experts, SMEs, courses, and specialty courses through CrossFit training. These courses gave CrossFit coaches, athletes, and enthusiasts a spectrum of CrossFit-endorsed professional development courses to cultivate their efficacy. As CrossFit has grown into a worldwide fitness and health community with millions of adherents, CrossFit Inc. now looks to broadly expand the scope and the reach of CrossFit-endorsed professional development courses. To this end, CrossFit will begin offering CrossFit Preferred Courses. The CrossFit Preferred, preferred Course Program will replace the current specialty and subject matter expert course model in order to better recognize and grow a global network of quality courses across disciplines relevant to CrossFit affiliates, trainers, athletes, and enthusiasts. These courses are designed to, broadly, to broaden, deepen, and challenge participants' knowledge of CrossFit-related training areas. All CrossFit preferred courses will be conducted by subject area experts among a community of peers and in the spirit of continual self-improvement. If you want to uh, keep reading that. That was about halfway through the article there. They're essentially saying, like, let's say if, we, if you look at my resume, I have uh, CrossFit Level 2. I've taken the CrossFit Level 1 multiple times. I also have CrossFit Weightlifting uh, Level 1, CrossFit Weightlifting Level 2, uh, Advanced Lifting. I have CrossFit Kettlebell, the normal one, and I have CrossFit Advanced Kettlebell. CrossFit mobility and um, movement, CrossFit running, like all these things, right? Um, essentially, that's all disappeared now. Now it is up to the subject matter expert, the people who are running those, to just run their own businesses. 
it's nice because if you're familiar with like how Apple kind of uh, does their stuff in the App Store, like when you write a piece of uh, you, you write an app, you can put it up in their store, uh, and the payout is simply uh, you get seventy percent and they get thirty. That was kind of the same idea with the subject matter expert courses and whatnot. And now that um, they're kind of trying to decentralize that even more and take their name CrossFit back and say, hey, we're just going to focus on the CrossFit things that we want, which is the CrossFit level one, CrossFit level two, three, and four, that the subject matter expertise is now like free to do their own thing. So for a very, very long time, if you said CrossFit and you said weightlifting, you could understand that it was going to be uh, cross, or I'm sorry, Coach Mike Bergener's style of teaching, which it would include the Bergener warm-up. Um, this could potentially mean that somebody else out there can s have their own weightlifting course as well, and it, they could become a, cross a preferred CrossFit cor course, uh, and you could learn potentially from a bunch of other people. Because one of the issues is that these subject matter experts didn't necessarily travel to different regions as much, or if they did, they only had so many times to do it. Like in the Northwest, we could get Chris Hinshaw to come like once every six months or so, but maybe one of his competitors or one or one of his underlings could start his own or their own program, their own course, and then you could go in and, and do that too. So that's some of the fun stuff there. Uh, I'll read off some of the uh, current preferred courses, which are essentially everything that w was existing, and it, ch it changed to their own businesses. There is advanced coaching concepts. Aerobic Capacity by Chris Hinshaw, Be Your, Be Your Own Bodyguard by Tony Blauer, uh, Buddy Lee Jump Rope Masterclass with Buddy Lee and his staff. CrossFit Weightlifting is now Bergener Strength Weightlifting Level 1 and Bergener Strength Weightlifting Level 2. There is a Coach Development Program. Oh, why do I have James Wilson checked out here? So that's something that I wanted to take at some point, but... I guess it's not now. Who was this? Who was this? I don't know who this is. But they still have their own Instagram, and they have a bunch of bunch of programs still lined up and whatnot. Woo! Three-day course, $2,000. One-day course, $750. Obviously, I haven't taken that one before. Um, but that's there. Conjugate Powerlifting by... Shane Sweat and Laura Phelps Sweat. I don't know if she dropped her name there. Uh, Dark Horse Rowing Trainers Course, so CrossFit Rowing. Looks like it now has become, what is it, Shane from CrossFit Invictus, the San Diego area. He has his own Dark, dark Horse Athletics, and he has a great YouTube that shows a, lunch, a bunch of breakdowns and tricks and tips for being better at Concept 2 machines like this the rowing ergometer, but the ski ergometer, as well as uh, now the bike ergometer. Functional adaptive trainer, hybrid athletic strongman course. One of my favorites, Kettlebell RX 1.0. Uh, there's the tactical operator trainer course, the gymnastics course, which was formerly CrossFit Gymnastics. That is Coach Jeff Tucker and his team, including Pamela Agnon, uh, Sean from... CrossFit Soul, and Jessica Estrada from CrossFit Yaharku, and the Running Clinic by uh, the Romanovs. 
shout out to Dr. Nicholas Renroff and Severin, his son, uh, Renroff. Uh, we took their course a long time ago, but you know, those are the ones that are there now. So it'd be cool to see like multiple styles of running courses, multiple gymnastics courses. I'm sure at some point, maybe Power Monkey might jump into this or Dave Durante and the, the monkey method or something like that. I would love to see Chad uh, Vaughn maybe throw his name in there somewhere too. So there's a lot of cool things that could potentially happen here as well. We were just talking about it a second ago with uh, the sanctioned events. What what comes of this? Well, uh, we got conjugate powerlifting, but maybe starting strength and CrossFit kind of make amends and starting strength comes back as a preferred course. Uh, I didn't mention earlier that the split now is going to be a little different in that uh, instead of the 70-30, I think to become a CrossFit preferred course, you just have a yearly fee of $5,000, and then anything and everything else that you um, make is going to be on you, or going to come back to you, rather. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I have not been that great of a learner in the past year or two with the the daughter growing up a little bit more but I definitely want to get back out there I definitely want to challenge my uh, current knowledge set as well as my you know my put up or shut up ness whatever you call it my fitness for those kind of challenges and whatnot uh, plus it's cool because you get to meet and see the rest of the community local and abroad um, but that's what we got in CrossFit And that's our show. Find us on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rate and review us if you can, if you'd like. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TurboGeeksPod. The intro music is Otis McMusic by Otis McDonald. The outro music is Compton, provided by anchor.fm. Thanks, and be kind to one another.